Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 168 of the Picus Riley podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emelson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello. And this week, uh, we are catching up on a couple of weeks of news, and we've got, I think, two big topics. First yeah. is um, what is now become known as the God Comp, which got so nerfed. What do you- and is still the god comp. Not enough. Yep. Uh, and then also uh, some combat log stuff, which is sort of very much in my wheelhouse. So we're going to talk a little bit about outside auras and the damage meter stuff as well. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, but before we get into that, uh, how how is Raid? How is Raid enough? Yeah, this is our first reclear week. So raid went um it went better than expected, but not great. So had uh had a little bit of a rough go on Rashok, I'll say. Um so I guess what I guess I should preface our raid is fighting the roster boss fairly hard at this point. To the to the oh, tune of yeah. like us bringing in like just a casual member who used to raid with us like back yeah. in Legion and like you know, she's been helping out. So yeah, no, it's it's definitely like the roster boss and like just final summer vacations are sort of hitting us where like I think we right now are rocking like 23 people on roster. Uh only yeah. four main healers. So like one main yeah. healer doesn't show up, it's an alt. And so um, but no, Rashok, I mean, we basically cleared up through Magmarax, put in about probably two and a half hours, maybe three hours on Nilfarian, got him low towards the end of the night. But um, but didn't get the kill um, on Nothariant. But did I mean did clear basically everything else? First re-clear back. First time doing like literally Magmarax. Like I think five people got the achievement for killing Magmarax for the first right. time. Um, Zakarn even I think we had like three or four people do the same. So um, definitely was an interesting to re-clear. Um, yeah, and I just remembering how to do the fights. Like I didn't like. I forgot how to do forgotten experiments, like particularly the dispelling, which was like my role. Yeah. Like when when do I dispel again? <laughs> like yeah, what is the timing on this? So, um, but no, so it was fun to get back in there, do a, do a little bit of reclear. Um, still still rocking the monk because we don't have another healer, but uh, but yeah, no, reclear, <laughs> reclear wasn't bad. So didn't get the full in, which sucks. But I think that was, I mean, generally, I think I feel like our first reclear after we kill an end boss, we never full clear. Like it's been a while, even like yeah. Awesome. That's how ours, our first reclear was too. And actually, unfortunately, pretty similar to how ours was this week as well. So last week, we did get all the way through. We re-killed everything. We killed Sarkareth, uh for a second time. We got some more CEs. That's all nice. great. Uh, this week, we just spent four hours on Neltharian again. Ooh. Nice. Um, and then didn't re-kill Sarkareth. So that's frustrating. And yeah. we have stuff we're going to be doing to, like, you know, changes. We also got bit a little bit on Thursday. Uh, there was a week or is update that if you had uh, done the update, you needed to update your Neltharian map week aura. Oh, right. And so the act of updating your Neltharian map week aura, of course, introduces the chance that it will just not function. So yes. we had a bunch of a uh, bunch of people with week aura issues this week as well. Oh. 
and then we also had a little bit of of roster shenanigans on uh on friday where we just had three late call outs for just various reasons yeah sucks yeah yeah it's it's definitely like not getting the reclearing hurts i think at this point with like the way that Particularly, like, once you, like, full clear it once, you're like, we should just be doing this every week easy. And, like, yeah, it's yeah. Not, not always that easy. It's not not rough, so simple. So. Yeah. Um, but that sucks, man. I'm sorry. Well, at least, I mean, you got one full reclear in last week. You'll eventually, what? Yeah. Get the skip next week, maybe. Yeah. Um, you get back it does, through it, so. It does suck. Our, we have a Devoker who has main Devoker the whole tier. Does not have the Legendary. <sighs> okay. Yeah. We have three people that re-rolled to Evoker after Prague. One Preservation, two Augmentation. They all have the Legendary. <sighs> That's all. And uh, so we want to re-kill Sarkrath in part to get them the max bad luck protection so they can finally get their fucking Legendary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is actually a travesty that Blizzard did not do any like retroactive BLP for... Th- like all of the clears of Sarkareth that they had already done. Yeah. They like starting from zero bad luck protection after having killed Sarkareth on every difficulty every week until they told, you know, everybody eight weeks into the tier that you only had to kill the highest one. Right. Yeah. And then killing that one every week from there. And just then to start from zero bad luck protection, watch every other evoker reroll get the legendary, and it's just like this was bad. That's rough. The way yeah. that they handled the evoker legendary this tier was extremely bad. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's why we still we still clear heroic just as a as like a like quick thing like at the start of our one of our raids we'll go in and and do like a quick heroic clear i think primarily because we still need some like heroic trinkets even yeah there's still upgrades oce but, uh, for us yeah yeah yeah, but yeah. it's uh whew. it's crazy so um but yeah no that's i think i mean hopefully you i mean hopefully next week's a little bit cleaner i i really hope this week's clear for us we have a couple of new recruits coming in so we'll see all they'll do and then yeah no no healer yet but well, we'll see. We'll see. So, um, well, cool. I maybe we can move a little bit into the the week weeks interview. I guess this week and last week. I mean, to be fair, not a ton of news over the past couple of weeks. It's been, I mean, I think our two main topics are the big thing that's come out. But a couple of a couple of quick hitters here. Um, so late to the party. Uh, I think this was announced maybe like uh, almost a week ago now. Uh, we do have a release date for 1017. So 1017 uh, release date was announced coming out September 5th. Um, so in just a couple of short weeks, um, which is cool, I guess. Uh, another, it seems like they are sticking to, or, to their timelines, at least up until now, um, yeah. with 1017 hitting early fall, which means 102, which was a fall target on the roadmap. Probably something we get towards the end of, you know, um, like maybe like November ish timeline again. Hopefully not another December raid release. That would be terrible. Yep. Um, but they maybe also have like to a... contend with uh, BlizzCon conflicts, right? Because that's yeah, the beginning of November. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe like another post-BlizzCon like week or two before Thanksgiving type release, I think, yeah. makes, that makes, that makes, makes sense. sense. Um, but yeah, no, so we've, they've been sticking to it. And, you know, of course, 1017, not a ton. Well, a couple of, I think, big things. I think the ping system, super yeah. good. But outside of that, I mean, more catch-up events, not that exciting. And 
I guess the mega dungeons getting split and you get heroic mode of it. Um, but yeah, not a yeah. Not this a ton is of crazy stuff. In contrast to ten oh seven, which brought with it the Onyx Analyte, uh, the Furbolg Trinket, which was briefly the most broken thing in the game, yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, stuff like being able to play certain race class combinations that weren't available before. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really anything for like if you like world events great um if you like doing the story quests great uh if you don't aren't invested in either of those things there's really not a whole lot um, I'm, st- I'm still finishing up the story from i think 10 1 5 on my monk actually i i haven't i still have not done the valdraken story quests from 10 the like ones nice. that you get from unlocking later renown levels because yeah. it took me so long to actually get that renown because it was a like that renown just didn't have any unlocks that were relevant to me at all so i just put zero time into it yeah exactly exactly uh, so like 100 percent of my rep game with mel was from the weekly quest that awarded iskara and uh yeah what's it called uh the centaur rep oh yeah the mag 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 something always mag something um but yeah the uh that said like we've talked about on this podcast before that i like the final fantasy model of not every patch is for every player but there's more patches so there's just always more stuff flowing into the game and that's what that is what they're doing here this patch is not for every player and that's fine yeah right uh yeah so yeah, I think yeah, I think we'll talk a little bit about the ping system in a minute, but yeah, that's that's probably the yeah. biggest thing coming out. So, um, so yeah, so ten one seven September fifth, get ready. A little bit of a uh, little bit of content, of course, a couple of a uh, couple of balance things going in there. So, um, like Manatee for Missweaver will come in. So yeah, be be interesting to see. Um, the other big announcement is hardcore re- hardcore realms in Classic WoW got announced. So we haven't. Uh, I haven't talked much about, I, I think you and I dabbled in, I think I talked a little bit about me, I was leveling something in hardcore, which was fun. Got to level 25, 30-ish, sort of quit once it became like an official thing. And now we have an official launch date. So it's August yep. 24th, which I believe is a Friday at, yep. or Thursday, I'm sorry, actually, um, at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern time. If you're in Europe, do the math. I think UK, that'd be like 11 p.m. on the 24th in the UK. Um, so yeah, so classic realms have a, uh, have an announced state and they're coming out, which will be fun. I think playing leveling in classic, I think we've both talked about this is like still the best part of classic rating and sort of the max level content is, is pretty one note. It's pretty simple. If you have a pulse and can hit like fireball or frostbolt, if you're a mage over and over again for three minutes, then you've basically mastered all the rotational complexity of that. And it's just finding 30 other people that can do the same thing. Um, yeah. but the, the leveling experience I think is really fun. So I'm a little bit excited. I'll, I'll say I'm less excited about this because of some other stuff coming out, but still I'll yeah. probably slowly level something. I don't know what yet. Cause I've done a mage. I have a hunter that like I dabbled in that made it to like level 19. Um, and I have a priest that died at level 10. Um, yeah. So I have, I have yet to cross the, the level 20 mark just due to a mix of greed and some really unfortunate rare elite spawns. Yeah. Like I had a, I had a mage that I, I got up, I was like level 18 
uh, in Silver Pine. Pro tip: Don't go to Silver Pine. Uh, what's his face? The rare elite Worgen <laughs> just spawns <Yes. laughs> next to me, and oh, it's so good. And so good. like, what do you do? Just, yeah. just what do you do? You, I, I'll tell you what you do. You don't go to zones that can have a rare elite spawn next to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, so was... rare elite like skull icon level like just absolutely wrecked me. That's so funny. That's yeah. I mean that the um yeah the the leveling is. I think that that'll be the the part that like if I can get a class to sixty, that'll be where I stop. Like I'll basically yeah. get to sixty yeah. and and end. I won't sort of care about the end game, but um, but yeah, no, it's uh. It's a it's a it's a super cool. So it's super cool that it's launching on the twenty fourth. One thing they did say, which I, funnily enough, like purists are a little bit upset about this, but I'm not. I don't I don't really care too much. Is that um, if you do die on your hardcore character, you get a free transfer to one of the error realms. So like you basically you can still play that character, just no longer on the hardcore server, which I think is this fair is, and fine. Like yeah, I think. This is different from how, for example, Diablo games handle hardcore. Uh, Hardcore character is dead when it's dead. You can't transfer it to a a softcore realm or anything like that. It's just gone. Uh, It's actually more similar kind of to a seasonal character uh, in those games where, you know, season ends and you can move it to the the normal realm. Um, But I think that's probably partially just because of how much more time you invest in leveling a character in wow right like leveling a fresh character in diablo any diablo is on the order of like 10 hours if you're doing it solo yeah i mean and then once you get somebody to run you through it's literally like 90 minutes of just sitting in rips for like yeah so yeah um and so that's a little bit different from hitting level you know, 15 probably takes you 10 hours if you're not like super optimized in classic. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot bigger time investment. So I think this is a, it's a cool way to like, if you're actually are, uh, tied to the class, um, or like the character that you created, then you get to continue to play it, which I think is a nice little, Nice little addition there, but yeah, free free yeah. free transfers off of the hardcore realms if you do die for those characters, which is a a nice little thing for Blizzard to put in there. Um, I think too, it it sort of helps if you die in like a we'll say like a less than exciting way, like you get disconnected or like some sort of like mob bugs out on top of you because I I don't or a rare elite spawns on you. Yeah, I don't. There, I don't there are think a few Blizzard's of those gonna, in in higher level zones too. Yeah, exactly. So, and I don't think Blizzard's gonna roll many people back, um, yeah, because of that. So, but yeah, hardcore the twenty fourth. My problem is it. So, I've personally been getting kind of deep into Wrath Classic. Uh, so like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm like been I've been raiding in Wrath Classic, which oh, is no. yeah, it's 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 like the hooks. I don't know. Um, and then uh, and then Poe comes out this Friday, so there's you know gotta gotta try the new Poe League. Um, but yeah, no, it's classic on the 24th. It'll be fun. Um, and then cool. And then the only other final sort of week in review piece from the last couple of weeks, um, was just, um, they did update the ping system in 1017. So ping system, we talked about this a couple of times, but it's sort of the idea of being able to like, just quickly put a little ping on the map or, or sorry, ping in the world that your party or raid will be able to see. 
Um, they basically added like a quick ping versus like specific ping system where if you tap the ping button, it'll drop a quick ping on wherever your cursor is. Um, and then if you hold it, you get the radial button to like select the type of ping you want, and then you can select it and drop it. Um, so very similar to how you know other games have handled their ping system where it's like quick ping is just, I guess in like, um, like Battle Royales, typically it's like in contextual ping. If you have it over yeah. an enemy, it'll be an attack thing or just be a regular one. And then, or you can click and hold the button and get a radial menu for like a specific, um, a specific ping type, which is cool. Um, so yeah, ping system updates. I'm a huge fan of this. So, so excited to, to mess around with this uh, once it's live. Um, yeah. And then for you, the one thing you said in our preview that you were really excited about, which I didn't even think was a big deal, uh, was that oh, yeah. Tuscar tackle boxes uh, can be toggled on and off from a tracking perspective with fine fish. Right. So. Really excited is maybe maybe overselling it, but uh, for those of you that are high renowned with the Tuscar, which is starting to become a lot of people at this point in the expansion, mm-hmm. uh, you will know that Tuscar tackle boxes are everywhere. Everywhere. You are constantly bombarded in the overworld of, of the Dragonflight zones with the treasure icons for Tuscar tackle boxes. Uh, if you are flying around trying to find uh, stuff to open up to try and get your profession weekly items out of the treasure boxes, as far as I know, you cannot get those from the Tuscar tackle boxes. <laughs> so you're actually looking and like mousing over your mini map trying to find the ones that aren't that. Um, but now you can toggle those off by toggling find fish, which is kind of funny. Um, and also you need find fish to turn it off, which is not, I don't think free. I think, yeah, you still have to get the skill book for that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe you don't need the skill book for it anymore. I don't remember, but it's not hard to get the skill book at least anymore. They're really cheap on the auction house too. So. Yeah. 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 No, no more. You get to turn off all those treasure icons next patch if you'd like. Um, well, cool. I think that's I think that's everything from the last week. So like I said, there wasn't a ton of news that is that had come out or or things that had sort of been released. I think the release of the patch was the big one, the date for that, and then the date for yeah. hardcore, also the big one. Which is, uh, to be fair, for me, a lot sooner than I thought they'd get it out. But it's awesome that they were able to get the rule set in. I still yeah. think people are going to lose characters to quests they've forgotten to update, like quests where you die, uh, <laughs> or have to die, and I think that's going to still kill a couple people um but no yeah it's maybe, uh, maybe yeah, it's, so it's cool that they're getting all that stuff out there so um awesome well then on to i guess maybe our main two topics of today uh and something that is near and dear to my heart uh kind of not really um is the mythic plus meta um so if you've been living under a rock or don't play wow you probably don't realize this but if you've played wow at all in probably the past you know month or two you've noticed that Pretty much every Mythic Plus group higher than a plus 11 is looking for basically one of five classes for whatever reason. So it's either going to be a Paladin to heal, a Druid to tank, and a Mage, an Evoker, or a Shadow Priest to DPS. And so that's sort of your quote-unquote God comp, Exodia comp, whatever you want to term it. Um, there's a bunch of websites out there. I think like the there was a, there's a website that's sort of tracking the top 2,000 runs per week and what the class breakdown is very interesting that it's now just like literally nothing but those yeah. five classes uh in those roles so um but yeah so we have a god comp we have basically you know what many are you know are calling like one of the the best sort of groups of of five 
you know, classes put together, probably the most overpowered version of, of a Mythic Plus comp that we've seen in terms of like a meta. And uh, yeah, it's dominating basically every key at the extremely high level. And then of course that trickles down into what makes up the meta for everybody else, right? That now yeah. people are trying to get their weekly 15s done, no lever 15s done, but they need an augmentation evoker. They're not going into that dungeon because they need that apparently to, to get those dungeons done. So yeah, um, there's so augmentation is is super good like the the common underlying theme of these these uh classes is they are all super good just ever all of them are good um the kind of distinctive piece is definitely the augmentation evoker pushing everything else up uh they already I wait did they nerfed uh well we'll talk about nerfs they nerfed this comp last week mm-hmm. uh and it wasn't enough. It just straight up wasn't enough. The, the the same comp is still dominating everything else. Um, and I don't exactly know. Like, I don't think it's that Fire Mage and Shadow Priest have any specific interaction with uh, Augmentation Evoker. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that they're just the best ones to fill the spot. And... Yeah. For example, if you need a, if you would have used a rogue for the shroud skips, uh, mage can now bring that with mass and viz as well, uh, along with mage having, uh, you know, it, they're playing fire mage specifically, so it's got you know, uh, cauterize as a cheat death. Uh, so does augmentation evoker notably, yep. uh, as well as stuff like mass barrier if you don't need the mass and viz, and just a ton of utility across the board. And yeah. extremely good AOE damage and single target damage. Yeah, that's. I think that's the thing is that like every one of these classes, like because priest also brings that utility in like PI from like a damage point of view, but then also right. like mass dispel for like any nasty debuffs and things like yep. that. Um, dispersion is a really good defensive. I mean, holy paladin is extremely tanky uh, in terms of like being able to mitigate damage, but then also they do a ton of damage and healing. Right. Um, and they are perhaps the only healer that could maybe currently be called a triage healer. Yeah, exactly. Which is the other thing about, and it was one of the topics I thought we could fit in, but I don't think we have enough time, which is yeah, healing in general right now is all either you survive the hit or you die. And then if you survive it, you need to be healed up quickly. And like, right. yeah. And for and the next one. One of our, our pain points in raid this tier was, uh, basically no healer was a triage healer so if one person took more damage for whatever reason just like they needed to use their own buttons which i want the one hand is okay but on the other some classes don't have buttons or don't have as many buttons uh (laughs) combined with the fact that our comp did not have basically any damage reduction cooldowns uh so we were we were using personals as a dr cooldown and that means that then they didn't have it for when they took extra damage. Uh, but yeah, so then there's, of course, adding into this god comp, we have Guardian Druid. Uh, after the Wildfire, very good at just like dumping out HPS on the group. Incarnation lets you do some really silly pulls. Um, and just passively all the time, Guardian Druid has a pretty high degree of tankiness. 
which has definitely been like I've been doing like 24s and 25s this week on my monk and it you can definitely feel the like I'm not going to call it squishiness because it, it's like it's like variance and this is never a problem that brewmaster has had but sometimes you just get hit a lot right we're very reliant yeah. on dodge especially with our current tier set sometimes you just get hit a lot and we have low armor actually fun note augmentation evoker's armor buff almost doubles my armor <laughs> which is that's amazing part of the reason that augmentation feels like very good when playing for master in uh in a uh, key yeah uh and just in in general like you can you can feel that sometimes you just take a spike of damage for no apparent reason like just you don't dodge multiple attacks in the row while you're gcd locked and you can't generate more elusive brawler stacks um and then the uh like the only real way to counterplay that is potentially to just switch your stat allocation around to maybe get some more mastery and push it to the point that like you're guaranteed to dodge more frequently but it's still or not even like you don't need the guarantee it's just like you bo you boost your overall dodge rate by putting points into mastery it's just uh yeah. you don't have the same level of consistency that just like passively having a absolutely ludicrous amount of armor i don't know if guardian druid is currently capable of hitting armor cap with iron fur but i know they historically have been able to pretty much every tier of bfa they were able to uh after after uldir and then most of shadowlands i believe they're also able to mm -hmm. so yeah 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 no i think and and to that point every one of these and this is where i think the augmentation comes is every one of these classes or really every class in general gets stronger like with just having either like more main stat or to be fair like the largest thing is like augmentation has a lot of just like group-wide like damage reduction or like because they're like their personal cooldown also gives you know damage reduction to your group it's a um, mini rally effect yeah. when they hit obsidian scales so the group gets eight percent extra hp oh, yeah healthy yeah so i mean it's it, it's i think it's when you couple augmentation with then you know priests the utility priests and damage priests are doing similar with mages the damage mages are doing and then the and, and the the druid right like it's a it's essentially a very extremely strong comp right um, like even before this, we were talking about like, you know, uh, I think we brought this up where like, you know, anecdotally, like doing a key with an augmentation evoker is basically like doing a key like at one less level, right? So if you're like, man, that 20 was really rough, you add an augmentation evoker, it'll feel like a 19, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, yeah, it's it'll it'll be interesting to see how this moves forward um, in terms of like Blizzard buffing and nerfing it because... And I, I think we said this like right as augmentation was announced and came out. It's like augmentation rides that fine line of either being required or like you never bring one because they're a liability. And like, yeah, it is so hard to nail that. I think for Blizzard yeah. that I don't know if they ever get there. Right? I think in a, in a raid, it's not as a big it's not a big a deal to like basically have a mandatory augmentation because you have you know nineteen other spots you can or you know. You, you have 19 other people you can bring and finding one is, you know, potentially enough, but yeah, in five mans, it's a, a different beast altogether on, 
you know, how to do that balance. And they're just, they're just not there yet with it. Right. Um, so I mean, the, the hopeful part of me is that Blizzard's been really good about making balance changes all expansion. They've been very quick, quick about either changing things or just like trying, trying to make adjustments. And so hopefully that continues with, uh, yeah, with this, but yeah, their latest last week's round and there was nothing for this week coming up. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be gone so, for a little bit to kind of like highlight how far ahead this comp was right the previous round of nerfs which was uh nine days ago at this point so this would have been uh august 4th unfortunately we had our two-week uh podcast break so this was posted on friday of the week before last and went into the game with last week's reset um they nerfed fire mage by 10 percent, basically just across the board their aoe damage flame strike flame Platch, conflagration meteor phoenix flames living bomb 10% nerf, just all of them. Uh, they also nerfed AoE from Frostmage. They nerfed Holy Paladin, 5% reduced healing. Uh, okay. Nerfed DRs, nerfed their like overflowing light absorbs, nerfed Tears Deliverance, nerfed Blessing of Summer. <laughs> like They're very substantial nerfs, and it's still the same comp. Yeah. Um, they did not nerf Shadow Priest. I don't think. Oh wait, yes they did. Uh Vampiric Touch, they were introduced by 20%. Shadow yeah, Warpaint, 15%. Shadowy Apparition, 15%. Uh <laughs> along with nerfing the healing of Vampiric Embrace. Uh and the cooldown reduction of Vampiric Embrace. And they nerfed Guardian damage. Um not survivability, which I think honestly is I would prefer them to improve the passive tankiness of some other tank specs rather than just gutting guardian survivability right like maybe give brewmaster a little bit more armor or something to offset like buffing stagger is extremely dangerous you buff stagger mm -hmm. too much and things get really really crazy really fast so i don't know that a stagger buff is the correct way to do it but mm -hmm. primarily worried about auto attacks maybe it's uh maybe it's just extra armor right yeah that's um, true and then they also nerfed Evoker, although finally the augmentation nerfs are some of the smallest nerfs. Uh, yeah. They took 5% off of Breath of Aeons and Fate Mirror. Yeah. It's like um, mostly inconsequential. I mean, it, it is a nerf, but it is kind of funny that they just like augmentation is the best part of that comp. Yeah. And they're, yeah, it's, it's a. Uh... That's what that's what I'm saying. Is like I don't think they know exactly how to bring it down, so they're just gonna make these like what they, what look like minor to no adjustments, and eventually yeah. they'll get it right. So yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on. So now we've gone through sort of the the nerfs and stuff. I wanted to sort of talk about some of just the commentary around this because I think that's like the interesting part. And so like what people are are generally, and this is I'll echo what people in my guild have said because I think that's the the closest I'll be because this this generally what I've seen comes from kind of one of two people right it's number one you're the group of folks that are going to push to get seasonal titles or to like get up there in terms of ratings you get those titles you just want to push in general it's like a fun thing to do in the game um and the other piece is like for the for your like pug players for your player that like just wants to get a couple 15s done get a you know a vault you know ready and locked in and, and be good to go or i guess it would be 16s right for the for the crest um and um and sort of the the problem with this comp and how good it is how much better it is than like other groups of 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 um of players is that 
Number one, they dropped Evoker in the middle of the season. Like augmentation Evoker is in the middle of the season, which means like yeah. if you're not like if you were trying to push and you didn't get lucky to be a part of this composition, then like your season's over, right? Like you're not going to, as people yeah. re-roll and pile in and sort of follow the meta, like if you're sort of a one character type player, you're like not going to reach that limit, right? But then at the same yeah. time, if you think about it, you've had, I think it was what, three weeks before, maybe two weeks before the nerfs hit. So any players who were pushing basically were already had geared, you know, Fire Mages, Shadow Priests, Druids, you know, whatever the God comp was. And now have pushed keys into like the high 29s, 28s, those numbers aren't going to get hit the rest of the season. So yeah. like the idea is now like if you've locked in those ratings, like you're good to go potentially for a seasonal title, regardless of if you play the rest of the, the rest of the year, rest of the season. Sorry. Yeah, um, it's a really awkward thing um, where like from a raid perspective, I think the timing was good. It means that yeah. augmentation didn't break the rate to uh, race the world first it didn't have an impact on high ranks for for progress guilds um yep. and it, in some ways is a nice little nerf to the raid for lower rank guilds people can swap to augmentation evoker and mm -hmm. act as kind of a force multiplier and just bring a lot of goodies that that make fights go more smoothly mm -hmm. um stuff like letting your like holy priests walk around while channeling uh channeling what's it called him Yep. Uh, yeah. Things like that. Um, and, you know, that's nice. But then you're absolutely right from the, like, Mythic Plus perspective. What did they do? Like, people were able to push so much higher with these comps yeah. that you, like, what do you do? Yeah, exactly. And like you reset rankings and that that's sort of the other, I think that that conversation sort of, I can see, I can see the, like the, um, the negative part of that, right? Like the yeah. idea of like, you didn't get this in that you're essentially time gated on your, on your goal of getting a, one of the seasonal ranks or like the 0.1% titles. Right. Right. Um, you were time gated and like, you didn't get your runs in. And so that's that's I think maybe the to me the larger issue here. Like I am a hundred percent supportive of Blizzard like introducing specs in the middle of a patch cycle, not waiting for expansions. Because I think that's super cool. I'm a hundred percent behind them making as many balancing changes as they want. That's super cool. But like I, be fair, I don't care about the titles, but I understand the frustration of a player of like you are pushing for a title yeah. every season, and that's what you want to do. Of like being like, well, crap, like. My uh my survival hunter, like not even survival, but like my hunter didn't reroll to Shadow Priest in time, didn't get geared up enough, so we never got a chance to push. Yeah. And now we're screwed because yeah. they've nursed us enough that we'll never hit, you know, 29s or 30s, whatever the max was yeah. that, that those couple of weeks. So yeah, I mean that's that to me is sort of the biggest issue in, in all of this is just like Blizzard has affected like the titles at the end of the at the end of the season, which yeah, it's like I chase mounts as like my raid thing. That's what I like to do in the game. I don't chase titles, but at the same time, I understand that chase and that sucks for those players that are, are now essentially like, you know, I wouldn't say screwed is the right word, but like they, they didn't get the timing in there. Right. Um, yeah. Now they can't get the title. So I was trying um, to find I, somebody linked a, uh, if they did spec specific title cutoffs, what the rating cutoff would be for each spec. I would love to see Mistweavers because it's probably super low. I, I bet you maybe I even get it at like my typical like 23, 2500-ish score. 
Mm, I don't think quite so much because okay. you have to keep in mind it's point. It would then be point one percent of your spec. Oh, okay. so, so lower be a population, bit yeah, yeah, yeah. lower population, lower number. Yeah, yeah so yeah, it's yeah. a fair little enough, bit self-correcting in that way. But even then, like the cutoff for brewmaster, if they did it that way, would have been almost two hundred points lower than the yeah. cutoff for guardian druid. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it maybe that's the way they do it with titles moving forward. I don't know. Like I, it just well not moving forward, but I, I maybe for this season because I think this season might be. Hopefully the only one where they make, I wouldn't call this a mistake, but make this choice to like do the changes they did. Which yeah, I mean, I, I think me, that they, uh, like obviously they underestimated the power of augmentation pretty badly, yeah. right? And some of that is that it went live. Like they, uh, so for those that maybe don't know the history of like the combat log, the combat log is something that was actually a, a Blizzard internal tool, basically. Like, they would write out the combat log and they would use that to... I don't know what their internal tooling looks like, but, like, that's what it was for, right? Mm -hmm. The ability for players to write out the combat log existed basically because they didn't see a reason to turn it off. Yeah. Um, and so then other things like, you know, back in the day, World of Logs and things like that, and now Warcraft Logs, using that combat log... Uh, for rankings and things like that is well i mean depends on your perspective on game two but we'll call it a happy side effect of their internal tooling existing mm -hmm. and um so the fact that augmentation evokers weren't having damage reattributed in the combat log effectively means that their internal tooling was defective their internal tooling that maybe they rely on for being able to understand damage output uh just didn't didn't work while they yeah. were tuning and designing the spec. And um, I'm, I'm saying all of this is as an outsider, right? Like I don't actually know what their internal tooling looks like. I just know that like the combat log is not something that was added to right, yeah. enable things like war world of logs, right? Like it's always existed. It's just, yeah. you know, used for other things internally, but, and maybe they have other tools that don't rely on that. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, they probably can see. I mean, they they definitely probably have other ways to collect data off of like what players are doing in the game, whether right. that's like logs right off the server, like you know, things yeah. like that. So, but yeah, no, but, I mean, that's. But I, you're right. Like without that sort of without all those hooks set up, and I mean, they're still broken. Like attribution for certain classes is still. I mean, healers across yeah. the board don't. There's get a there's really. a bug list in both the Evoker Discord and in the Warcraft Logs Discord pinned in one of the, the channels. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also like this coincided with Holy Paladin rework, Shadow Priest rework, Fire Mage rework. Yeah. Actually, Mage reworks across the board. Uh, but yeah. Fire got the most. And while Fire feels like, in terms of gameplay, is much smoother, much less clunky, um, feels a lot better to play. Numerically, all those specs do really well. Exactly. Even yeah. without augmentation. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what Blizzard decides to do moving forward. I mean, I think they'll continue, like they have all expansion, like make tweaks every couple of weeks, right? See the tweaks, yeah. see the data come back and see what they might need to change. So I'm assuming this won't be the end of it, but I mean, it's funny, like they made the change already from a rating point of view to like limit the reason you'd stack a bunch of evokers or, you know, augmentation evokers. And so I'm wondering what what they do in five mans because it's 
again, you're right. Like the augmentation of Ochre enables a lot of this, but at the same time, like all those other classes are still strong in in yeah. five mans. Um, this is yeah. this is kind of like you see this problem. Well, I'm familiar with this problem in other games, like other contexts, like in in Magic: The Gathering, which is a trading card game. Sometimes you'll have a card that comes out, and it create basically defines a new uh, new deck that is just the thing to beat. And uh, sometimes it's not so much a single thing that is the problem, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just that there are multiple things that are too strong together that that together make something that is unbeatable, right? And that's kind of what's going on here. You have Augmentation Evoker, which is a multiplier on other things. It is taking other things that you have in your group, and its contribution is just a, a, a percentage of those, basically. And you put every OP spec in the group comp exactly yeah the the only one yeah. that i would argue that is maybe not op that like didn't really get a lot of changes is guardian druid um, right and it's certainly the strongest tank for dungeons um i don't think there's any doubt about that i don't know if i would call it like broken or anything it's just really good exactly i, yeah. I wish brewmaster were on that level where some of these other ones i'm more like you know maybe they should just nerf fire mages you know <laughs> again exactly exactly um but yeah so i mean i i don't have i don't have too many or i don't really have anything else to say on like the god comp stuff other than i to me like the the worst part about it is just the the lat like the the whole titles thing i think to me is yeah. like the the issue around a lot of it i think i think blizzard will fix it they'll get it close you know it'll it'll be what it is right but i think at the end of the day it sucks for those teams that want to push and yeah. um just just not able to make up ground she didn't do it in that week that everything was yeah. crazy overpowered. There's, so. so like in PvP, there's rating decay. If you just, you can't camp yeah. your rating because there's rating decay if you just don't play. Uh, but there's, that's not how Mythic Plus rating works. And then historically it just hasn't mattered because the deeper you get into a season, the higher people are able to push. Right. So if you want to get that rating, you have to keep pushing. But if they nerf this comp too hard and make those key levels undoable, uh, people may just be able to camp their rating exactly exactly so yeah we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens um, um speaking of the combat log yeah we went there um yeah so speaking of combat log we we saw a preview of a new warcraft logs um feature i guess is the best way to call it uh the uh, uh i guess it's almost like an oh a um Damage meter overlay is, I think, the best way to, to describe it. And so, what it's it was basically highlighted is essentially being able to show you, like, in near real time, we'll say, because we'll talk a little bit about that, um, the ability to see, like, the augmentation evoker's contribution. So, in a very much like a details or, I guess that's the main one, a recount was the older damage meter. I don't know if that's still maintained, but in a details manner, like details does in game, showing you damage, this will show you similar damage, but um, with the augmentation evoker's contributions all attributed to the augmentation evoker, not just to the individual player. Um, so it should mirror more like, you know, the normal way that, that Warcraft logs would look. And um, and yeah, so they debuted it, uh, or, or Wowhead did sort of a little bit of overview, a couple of tweets about it came out, um, and it looks really cool. Um, I'm super excited for like this idea. Um, I didn't realize how quickly it updated, which was, I think, the biggest thing. I didn't thing. either, Yeah, actually. so... 
it's funny, and I this when we talk about combat logs, like my experience with combat logs, at least reading them, stems back. It's been a couple expansions. I think MOP was like the last time I got heavy into like actually looking at a specific combat log that's generated. And at that point, if I remember, it was like multiple seconds, like 10, 15 seconds between writes, and even longer. Yeah. Um, about when the combat log on disk would get updated. So, so when we're talking about this, what we mean is like the client, the WoW client writes combat data out to a file in your logs. That's your combat log. But yeah. it doesn't do it immediately when the event fires in your client. There's always a yeah. delay of some sort. Um, and the previous delays were, you know, seconds, like 10, 15 seconds long. At least that's what I remember. Um, but nowadays it's like, milliseconds <laughs> in yeah. terms of the delay and i i think most people at least from my understanding is it's essentially it'll write at it'll write out to disk after a certain number of events or like typically say like once a buffer fills it'll write that buffer to disk flush it and then fill it up again and sort of that's how it goes and with the amount of events that fire in like a raid setting or any sort of combat setting nowadays it doesn't always have to be a raid those writes are essentially almost instantaneous it's like they're milliseconds yeah. between the actual file getting updated so all Warcraft Logs is doing is what it always does. It's reading that file, and when it updates, it does the reattribution right in client and shows you in a very details-like way, but just in a damage meter-looking way. Yeah. Um, so, which is cool. Just a note about the like way that the combat log is written. That that sort of the combat log updates slowly. I think has been kind of tribal knowledge in the theory community for years and years and years. It's just always been. I don't. Like basically people didn't revalidate that it was still true. Yeah. Um, and the first that I learned of it potentially not being true is uh, last year, Warcraft logs added a feature. If you have competition mode on for your guild, you can use real time log uploading, which just uploads the uh, current fight that you're doing in the middle of the fight. So that if, for example, it takes you 30 seconds to go from calling a wipe to actually wiping, right? You don't have to wait 30 seconds to go and start looking at the fight. Um, it's still not instantaneous because of uh, the Warcraft Log server taking time to process the events. Um, mm -hmm. But that's actually, uh, uh, that delay is more from the Warcraft Log side where we intentionally throttle it because we don't want to be reprocessing the fight all the time. Um not because the combat logs inherently throttled to like only update every 10 or 15 seconds. And that was the first time that I, I heard that actually, you know, maybe this is really fast now. Um, the damage meter, I think really brought things to a head. So the, uh, the, I think there's two things going on here. One, uh, I think that there is some, pushback from people that want the support spec like in in the community like people want have like a fantasy of a support spec being a spec that makes other people better right mm -hmm. and so having like your damage meter just show you like a normal dps kind of breaks that fantasy because then you look at it and you just feel like a normal dps right yeah um but also if the combat log writes this quickly, a damage meter is perhaps the most benign thing you could do with it. Like, okay, full disclosure, I work for Warcraft logs. I have not worked on the damage meter feature at all. Everything that I know about it comes from other people. Um, 
so but like i think initially i assumed that you know we knew from the real-time stuff that it was was writing faster than like every 10 15 seconds but i didn't realize it was 200 milliseconds 400 milliseconds which is what people now revalidating our assumptions in the community not even just you know at work but people in the community revalidating you know wait how fast is it actually right uh and one of the things that's come out of that is uh somebody wrote uh a thing called outside auras and they posted it on github with a proof of concept that does the uh basically implements neltharian uh the neltharian assignment week aura Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that aren't aware, the volcanic hearts on um, on Echo of Neltharian are a private aura, so you cannot tell in game who has them, except for privileged pieces of Blizzard code. So you can like show the debuff on raid frames. You can show yep. if you have the debuff, but weak auras can't actually tell. So weak auras can't know. Um, so the way people actually interact with this mechanic on on Mythic is that you have a raid frame shown that lists all the players in your raid uh in a specific order and then when volcanic heart goes out uh if it's on you it'll show up next to your name and you count how many of them show up above you like you count how far you are down in the list and that's the spot you go to on a map so you have two different week orders going on one that's a map that has numbered locations and one this raid frame that is just it's just creating a second raid frame. Like if you that's it, a list. It, it's basically just a list with like the debuff yeah. pop up next to it. It's it, very it's dumb, j- dumb. It's just like if you had like the default raid frames, but instead of it being like in groups, it was just literally top to bottom, just in a single list. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very clunky. It's very annoying. The mechanic sucks, and this automatically assigns it outside the game because private yeah. auras still get written to the combat log. And because the combat log writes so frequently, so they've got a, a number here, uh, around 400 milliseconds is what they were seeing for combat log writes on heroic Neltharian. Yeah, yeah, which is... And then the other the other interesting thing, and this is where it gets a little... Like, the arms race now continues, right? Like, what we thought Weakors was the arms race, but the potential application of this is, like, if it writes that quickly, again, you gain access to a bunch more data that's not just in the game anymore. Like private yes. orders is one of it, but like there's a lot of other information in the combat log that you get about that isn't easily readily like readily available in game. Like the class, like the example that jumped up to my mind was the Archimon uh, map, right? Or Archimon radar, I guess they called it, because you get a bunch of positional data about yeah. not only yourself but all of your raid members around you, which means you can then do overlays about moving you into a specific position because you know everybody else is and then like that heart week or which is a very simple in the the proof of concept like one two three becomes a no you move your character to this position like on yeah. a map right so what there's actually so those of you that remember like nithendra that was the first place this came up uh nithendra uh had a like mini map thing very briefly and then in emerald nightmare they turned off position information in game basically mm-hmm. you could not no longer write uh position weak auras range checking became very very limited because otherwise you can use range check range checks to re-implement position information with some geometry uh, it's mm-hmm. not easy geometry but it's very doable um 
And so they turned all that off because of the Archimog Weakar, which was from the previous tier. Uh, and I will say position information in the log does have a bunch of limitations. You don't get exact positions all the time. Uh, when you get an ex a position, it is exact, but you only get them in certain situations. You do get a lot of them, which is how the Warcraft Logs replay works. So if you've used the replay tab on Warcraft Logs, you know, you can sometimes see quirks where like somebody just hasn't had their position information updated in a while and it just looks like they're standing there right yeah which i mean to be fair like at least when i was deep diving is like a lot of events have position information so you're right like it's not like yes always anything exact that but has, like, anything that has player resources or like anything that has resources for something generally will have the position info so if it does like, damage or healing to the target that is not like a non-zero amount of damage or healing to the target it will usually have the information you're looking for. So you basically only lose that position information when someone has been full health for a while and isn't getting damaged. Exactly. Uh, which, because they use damage over time effects, <laughs> like raid-wide damage over time effects, so, so frequently in raid, basically means you always have player positions updated within uh, a second or so. Because right. like if you look at Sarkareth, there's literally a persistent dot for the entirety of phase two and phase three, where you just get people's position written out because they take damage every second from this dot. Yeah, exactly. And that's I think that's the so like that's the when I when I talk about the arms race, like that's the arms race of like potentially these outside weak auras or outside auras, however you want to describe it, right? Like reading the combat log. It offers essentially almost unlimited possibility, right? Like the idea is like unless Blizzard changes what they're writing, you know, they've limited what the in-game API will present to add-ons. But now you're writing an external program that just yeah. reads a text file, essentially. Those and of so, you that yeah, those of you that are familiar with the Final Fantasy rating scene will know about Cactbot and what that could do, which is basically this: it is weak auras for the combat log. But the combat log for Final Fantasy has very few limitations because it's actually implemented outside the game by a tool called ACT. Um, well, it's more complicated than that, but basically there's there's virtually no limitations because it exists outside the game. And so you can do all kinds of stuff. Um, right. And you just, like, that's now what we're looking at with WoW. Yeah, which is... Which is interesting that it's taken this long for this to be a thing. Because, like, I mean, Warcraft Logs, you guys, like, Warcraft Logs is the largest, one of, probably the largest third-party site that talks about, I think it's Wowhead and yeah. Warcraft Logs, probably the two largest in terms of, like, a third-party site that talks about WoW or has an interaction with right. WoW, right? And, like, building this sort of, again, puts the spotlight on it and then puts a bunch of smart people trying to figure out, okay, how can I use this to... Do interesting yeah. things. It's not always nefarious, right? I think there's a nefarious component to this, which we don't probably need to get into bigger. But if we think about from a PV rating point of view, like the 300 millisecond, 400 millisecond is a single player. It's not the same. It does, not every combat log writes at the same time. You get a raid yeah. full of 20 people. You basically have near real-time data potentially, right? Yeah. With yeah. the offsets. And if you can put together a program that can sync all of the updates together and then spit out, hey, this is the action that's taken when something happens get that to yeah. 19 or 20 people it's it's an interesting time but at the same time it becomes a massive arms race again between 
Right. Lizard this is, is what the developer. they were trying to solve with private auras. Which, exactly. Like Neltharian is an extremely problematic fight in that mm-hmm. regard, where they were trying this private auras thing, and Neltharian, by its very existence and design, forces people into trying to circumvent private auras in any way possible because of how just how problematic the fight design is like i guarantee that like and again this is this is i'm speaking in personal capacity here no i don't have any like insider info about you know teams or anything like that but i would not be surprised if this had been discovered prior to the echo of Neltharian in the world first race we would have seen map overlays for oh, yeah. an assignment overlays for echo of Neltharian because you just the mechanic is bad in yeah and it's not it's not bad in like a fundamental can never be good sense but it's bad in its current iteration and needs to be changed the only honestly the only reason it hasn't been changed i think is because a lot of the difficulty of the fight rests on this super shitty mechanic. And if they make the mechanic not super shitty, the fight goes from being like 150 pulls for a, a like decent mid range guild to mm-hmm. being like 50 pulls yeah. <laughs> because it's yeah, the no, only hard thing. Exactly. Yeah, no. And I, I, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I mean that I, I a hundred percent agree with you there. And then now it's just what's it's in my mind, like, what is all the cool stuff that potentially comes out of this if this stays in the game, right? Because like the idea is I like I don't think it stays in the game. I just straight yeah, up I'd, like again. I would agree. I don't. I'm not. No, no insider stuff, but no, I, mean, I don't like, think this stays in the game. It's too powerful. It's yeah. just it's like they already don't want. Like they're already pushing back on the power of weak auras. This is way more powerful than any of that. Yeah, and exactly. actually, because of the fact that you're not constrained by in-game stuff right you're not constrained by the limitations of processing stuff in game there are things that you got to be careful doing with weak auras because if you're running a weak aura script it's actually blocking the refresh of the game's display you can't really do anything complicated with that i mean that's wrong you can do complicated things but there's limits and if you cross those limits people's frame rates suffer and then you just have a trade-off of doing really complicated weak aura stuff or having good frame rates. Exactly. This, you could do it in a completely different thread. You could do way more complicated stuff. You could offload work to a server somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. There's and just get... so many things. So there's so much more powerful. Yeah. Which is, is, I just, mean. They can't leave this in the game. No, which is, I mean, it sucks that, I, I would agree with you. It sucks that we're probably not going to see the extent of like what, like what crazy stuff people can think up of. But I mean, it it is a cool, at least to me, I don't agree with it. I think they do need to change it. But like the thought of like, hey, maybe it becomes an over, like maybe it actually plays the game for you. Like there's an overlay that's like throughout the entire fight is scripted. And so all you have to do is move to those positions. Like imagine like, this is very reminiscent of, they used to, I mean, way back in in classic, there was a, the VR was a, add-on? The VR add-on, yeah. AVR, the yeah. AVR, which like essentially did something similar where like if someone got a debuff, you would it would overlay like the radius of that debuff. It was like an explosion and they could move out just enough before they had like before we yeah. had like circles and, and grab projected textures and stuff like that. So yeah, so I mean 
the power of this is like i agree extremely powerful and like potentially i mean not potentially it's game breaking right and it's i would say that it generally it sucks because of like it sucks that this came out on the back of like this interesting damage meter type thing or like this interesting concept of like filling in a gap of like being able to show in game what logs show um and so that sucks that hey the idea like that idea potentially dies like i I know you don't know like the the extent of it but like to me like yeah the the idea of having this damage meter in game sort of dies now unless they update the in-game events right yeah i i mean i think that there is a middle ground that doesn't go full nuclear and make it the damage meter non-functional right Mm -hmm. like um and that comes down to what what are the technical requirements for a weak aura kind of thing to be useful versus what are the requirements for a um, uh, a damage meter to be useful? And because they're not they're not the same. Um, if so, uh, volcanic heart on Echo of Notharian is a debuff that lasts seven or eight seconds, right? Mm-hmm. If the um, combat log writes out every five seconds then on average, if you were waiting for the debuff to show up in your outside aura, mm-hmm. then you would have about three seconds to respond and get to your spot, which is just not enough time. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, a five-second refresh on your damage meter is perfectly acceptable. I think five seconds is honestly still in the makes me very uncomfortable range in terms of like what outside auras would be capable of doing. Right. I think, well... But then you have to think about the fact that right now combat log rights are not consistent across a raid. So if everyone is running a combat log and it updates at different five-second intervals and you can centralize that data somehow, you still I, have I, near real think, time. Oh, so that's that's the kind of thing that maybe like a Race to World First Guild could do by getting everybody in the same location and basically yeah. nobody else would be able to do because of of network latency, right? Like we were actually, we had a we had to swap our raid leader out um, last night on Sarkareth mm-hmm. and um, they were trying to they they did the countdown sort of stuff like when to go back and drop your bombs on the first intermission or when to come up from the second intermission and their countdowns were just like two seconds off because of stream delay and so we gotcha. had to switch to people in in game doing it and like that's not the actual amount of latency that you would be dealing with uh, you would be dealing with more like now you're adding on hundreds of milliseconds of latency every time and probably also dealing with the fact that even if like i i don't know i I would have to do some math to see what it would actually work out to i i would say it's probably not usable at that point by anybody except the world first guilds but then that actually just further entrenches them as being the world first guilds because nobody else can do that exactly or Uh, i mean or they but i mean you you could go the rabbit the the rabbit hole's there that's it that's my only point is like the rabbit hole is then there because then you get into well, maybe I'm technical enough. I'll just set up a service that people can pay me for. And it's a central yeah. server. You plug in your details and like set up this little client and then you pay me five bucks a month and I'll, yeah. you know, centralize your data and do overlays stuff like that. And I think, uh, but then there's also just like, if they just made it 15 seconds, right? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a there's a number that it writes out that I think makes sense. And maybe that's the simple solution. But yeah, again, like if it's like, 15 seconds, I would still... Like, I, I guess I'm a bad example because I don't even keep the damage meter in game open in combat. I find it too distracting. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't keep that open at all. 
so I wouldn't use any damage meter actually outside of combat. I just go and look at the log after it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like 15 seconds, you just can't use it. You just can't use an assignment week or the odds of just entirely missing it and having no assignment at all, or the assignment appears with one second left on the debuff, you know, you just can't use it. Yeah. Yeah. And reliability get... is a big part of like a week or right? Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, yeah. But then you get into the reason why it's writing out every point three seconds now, and is that yeah. a buffer issue? Is that like an underlying like just I don't client? know. Yeah, like that's where you get into like can Blizzard even change that number? Well, right? there's there's some things. So like uh, on the WoW analyzer end of things, there is an interesting issue that came up. Um, so when you request events from the Warcraft Logs API for a single like person it'll just send you the events. Um, and it doesn't force you to paginate things as long as you follow certain certain things. Like, I, I don't like the technical details, but <laughs> as long as you do certain things, it'll just send you all the events and you don't have to paginate or anything like that, which is great for WoW Analyzer. It makes it really easy to do stuff. Um, and uh, if you do the request for like a dungeon for a typical person, it's like five megabytes of JSON maybe up to 10 it's a mm -hmm. good good bit of json but it's not like an unreasonable amount of of data to get over the wire mm -hmm. if you have an augmentation evoker it's 100 megabytes for for bracket specifically yeah i've seen that number for brackenhide hollow with an augmentation evoker because they make there be so many more combat log events Gotcha. So that's, that's, it's, yeah, it's all the support events. So every if event they're, essentially like duplicated. Yeah. yeah I don't know yeah. if the, um, I don't know how their stuff is set up for like determining when to write. I know how certain things like if you work it with low level, like buffer, lower level languages, you will run into buffered input output systems. And mm -hmm. there's a few different ways that you can do it. And depending on how there's a setup, there's different implications. But all of them, like having more events, basically means you write out more frequently. Right. And augmentation also may have just sent it into an overdrive. Like, I actually don't know. It would be interesting to go back and, well, I mean, we kind of can't. Can't. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what happens if you just don't have augmentation evoker in your group? Does it cut the. Like, does it double the buffer size? Is this something that's only usable with augmentation evokers in your group? If you have multiple, does the the update rate get better? That's true. Yeah. If you stack augmentation evokers, do you get actual real time like every like single digit millisecond output? Yeah. Now that would yeah. I mean that's I think that's the yeah a little bit of the rabbit hole. It'd be it'd be interesting to see what happens, but um, but yeah, no, it's it's yeah to me it's it's yeah it's it's a very cool thing that i didn't think was like i said didn't think was possible and it's yeah. cool that it, that it ended up being it it just yeah i mean literally the, literally like as all this stuff was happening um somebody asked me directly like can this be used for maps and i told them you know i don't think so because i think the combat log is too inconsistent in its rights mm-hmm and then had to get corrected by somebody because they checked. <laughs> yeah. And it's not so like I, I just learned of this in the past couple of weeks. 
And yeah. I think that's the case for a lot of people, like historic, like literally for 15 years, the combat it was log. Slow. It was, was unusable for yeah, yeah, unusable yeah. for real time stuff. And like now, yeah, now now that it looks like it is, it sort of yeah, and that and like just the, it's now been shared with the world, like the the world of people who care about this yeah. stuff now know about it. Honestly, right? so, like much in the same way that augmentation of Orker coming in, kind of shitting all over Mythic Plus is not great. Yeah. But at least, like, it didn't come in and completely destroy the world first race, right? Yeah. Like, small consolation for the people whose titles are now much harder to get. But at least it didn't screw up the raid tier. Yeah, which uh, now they have, you know, now they have a couple months to, to sort of fix that. So. Right. Same <laughs> deal here. Like, you know, at least, like, I would rather it happen this way. And they fix it before the next raid tier. And then we never have to deal with the drama around you know, liquid creating an out-of-game overlay for Volcanic Heart, yeah. right? That exactly. solves the mechanic and winning the race off of that. Like, Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, it's good It's good timing to give Blizzard a chance to fix this in a way that hopefully doesn't break the damage meter and, like, but does break any sort of, like, real-time in-game, like, overlay Yeah, I mean, stuff, so. I... I uh... I, I hope it doesn't break the damage meter for, you know, work reasons. It would suck to have invested that work in making that that time in making it work and mm -hmm. have it just like neutered because the combat log nerfs. But if push came to shove, I would sacrifice the damage meter to not have to ever deal with outside RS. A hundred yeah, I agree. I don't work there, but I as a I as a player, as a player, yeah. I would just I would rather not have the damage meter it's and and also not have any outside auras. Yeah, it's already, I mean, I was going to say, it's already hard enough to get my raid to install the same weak aura so that we can do yeah. fights. Like, I can't imagine yeah. getting someone to, like, install a third-party program and, like, get it set up with any sort of accuracy, so. Yeah. But, yeah, no, we'll we'll see how this shakes out. Definitely probably some updates in the next couple months on on combat log stuff and, and how this sort of looks. But cats, cats out of the bag now that, that this is how, probably People might have been out of the bag. About people are already talking about using this for like people who are still progressing Notharian. Like I see in the raid lead discord, people asking about using this. Yeah. And nobody yeah. knows like what, I mean, we'll see what the experience is like of yeah. people using it, I guess. Cause people are gonna, it's yeah. better. I mean, to be fair, I might system. It, and for me personally, I might just install it and check it out. Like not use it yeah. to do any sort of actual oh, stuff, but important note, just because I feel compelled to bring this up. Wow. Still has warden. For those that don't remember what that is or have never heard of yeah. it, uh, Warden is a thing that basically tries to monitor other programs on your system. If that sounds invasive, it's because it is and uh, can be used. Uh, there was a huge like Honor Buddy band wave for those that remember back in the day. Honor Buddy was this botting tool that people used to farm honor. And mm -hmm. then it grew into other forms of botting as well. But uh it's like literally hundreds of thousands of of players got permabands for running that um i don't know if this would get picked up by that there's obviously you know like the warcraft logs uploader is a separate process that right. obviously doesn't flag you because you're not going to get banned for running that um but you know be but cautious I, I mean the problem is it, i don't it think does, that yeah. they would, I, like, My, I don't know enough about the implementation details of Warden, right? I don't think yeah. they would do a bandwave for this, but I also... Would, 
<laughs> I would hope not, just because like it's it's just doing what Warcraft logs does. <clears throat> yeah, like it's just I reading mean. a file that the game's already writing out. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, certainly something. I yeah. yeah, we've 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 gone long. I uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's It'll be an interesting time there. I think the next couple, like maybe weeks or even months in terms of like leading up to the next raid to see how I think two two things in my mind, how hard they go on sort of correcting this. Yeah. And how much notice they give people that they are going to correct this. Cause I think those are two important things. Cause like I honestly was a little bit surprised to not like log on for work this morning and find that it had already been patched. There are some sort of blue posts in terms of like us looking at this, right? And they they still could with what, the time that we're recording this podcast. It's currently noon in yeah. in Pacific time. They typically deploy hot fixes around three p.m. Pacific time. We may well just like three hours from now have a blue post that or yeah. a wowhead post that just says like this has been changed and now outputs every 60 seconds or something exactly. ludicrous. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still, that's still a possibility, but no, it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool new thing this week that popped up lots of a little bit, little, I'd say mini drama about it, but it, it definitely is a, a sort of a little bit of a Pandora's box in terms of yeah. the power of this. We haven't seen, I mean, to uh, be fair, we haven't seen something this powerful since, you know, week or is in, what was that? Wad was all the changes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. this is, I mean, okay, Weekors at that point, maybe on this, on par of this power level, like there's multiple nerfs that went into Weekors, like yeah. the removal of position information, the lockdown of friendly nameplates, you know, um, a more recently private auras, like all these things reduce the power of Weekors. But right. honestly, this over this outside aura thing is more in line with AVR. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, which is yeah, been years since that was a thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well, cool. I think I think that is cool. Uh, it for the week. Um, I don't think yeah. there's anything else major. We are a little bit over. We are a little uh, bit over. We are yeah, a no, little yeah. bit over. Yeah. That is where we will wrap things up, though. Thank you all for watching and or listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it and you want to support this podcast and the other work that goes on over at the Pika Serenity, you can do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Pika Serenity. And of course, come and join the Discord. It is the best place to wildly speculate about the impact of outside auras on rating in the future. Of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, you know, don't get banned for using it. For sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> but that's going to be it for the show today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.